right, episode 20, is it? Uh, we're up to I think so. 18 likes so far. Nearly two bucks. Episode 20, is it? Oh, fuck, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're Jesus. I've had a really rough day, fellas. I'll space kid. Mate, I'm with Have you. I'm with you. I've had a rough day. You're listening to Way Off Central. went to go make a tag in tag and he slid on his ass cheek oh no he didn't make the tag no, oh no you have no idea what I'm dealing with the fucking grass seed abrasions I've got going on mixed with dirt and... do you um, know how you sit down you sit on your ass <laughs> on Monday night I took a dive for a try and you know how you can normally get an arm underneath you to like sort of break your fall yeah just did not in <laughs> just... it yeah, I just like chest straight to the ground and then my chin followed and hit the deck. I was like, oh no, this is a bad day. They're the best. It sucked. Damn it. Straight ass. Fuck. Might take these off the table because, oh fuck. Who mentioned us in their story? All right, real quick. Our phones are blowing up. It- Tani mentioned us in our story. Oh, Tani. Tani Tani's a farmer. Tani is a farmer, actually. That makes way well said. Tani the farmer. It's so weird. When I met her, um, like I thought she was like, Real sort of city. Like, she's got a real city vibe. Yeah, definitely. Complete fucking opposite, yeah. hey? <laughs> She's, like, teaching Corey how to use guns and shit. It's fucking mm. wild. Yeah, Corey's the city slicker. Mm. All right, sick. What are we talking about today, boys? Today, we are talking about stuff to do with animals and genetic modification and breeding and de-extinction and zoos and all sorts of good shit. Fuck Yeah. Let's really get around it today. You know what we really need to do for our podcast? Just over-the-top hand gestures. Oh, yeah, which people can't see because we don't have a, a visual component. But yeah. really, I think that'll help us get fucking hot about some sick fucking topics. Eject! Eject! All right, Azu's Humane thoughts. Let's go. Some definitely are. And some definitely aren't. <laughs> that was my next point. Good good one. Yeah. Pretty sure SeaWorld's pretty good. See, uh, I'm so glad you brought this up because this was a big topic for me. Because <laughs> SeaWorld in Australia, fucking awesome. SeaWorld over in the States, evil cunt. <laughs> evil. I like, believe it. So there's this documentary, uh, documentary, and I remember it was the first thing I ever watched when I got Netflix. It's called Blackfish. And it was about like the killer whales, the orcas that they have in SeaWorld in the States and they keep it in these <laughs> tanks that are like nowhere near big enough and their dorsal fins get these big curves on them and every now and then they just lost their shit and would attack and kill a trainer and would drown them and play with them and fuck them up and all like yeah good sorry so- that's a, that's an important note but like just as you said that it just made me think of like an amalgamation of the two movies Black Swan and Big Fish I thought it was pretty hilarious but anyway, continue. Not as good as the fucking word amalgamation. What a cracker. Yeah, but that's not funny. Talking about that, the people who like pay the builders on my job site, like it's their building, who are getting it constructed for them. Amalgamated what? Property Group. Wow. What a name. Jeez. That's a fucking name, it's eh? It's a mouthful. I feel like dry ice should be like froth and steam over something <laughs> while it, they off. come out on segways. <laughs> I've been told off recently. Well, not told off, but told I couldn't use the word finite in an e- email. Because really? it wasn't like plain English enough. And I thought, guys, like, what the fuck? And then. Avengers Endgame. Well, here's the thing, right? Then the next. I seen that same person who I'm re- I, like, really get on well with it. Awesome. But they were writing an email and they, wanted to, they were about to use the word inundated. I was like, I'm not allowed to use finite, but you can use the word inundated. Oh, I haven't heard the word inundated, but I'm going to assume it means out of date. No, nah, it means overwhelmed. Fuck. Like I've been, in, it, I guess bombarded sort of is a similar. You a often often you'll hear a town that's been inundated by floodwaters. Mm. Like yeah, oh, it it's, it essentially <laughs> just means overwhelmed. Can't can't be handled. Um, but that's weird because I'm sure they would have allowed you to use infinite, which is actually more complex than finite. Yeah, well, it's a more complex phenomena, isn't it? Yeah. Um, exactly. But anyway, let's get back to the topic at hand. So, SeaWorld... In Australia, I think they must like have an outlet where they let the dolphins sort of roam, I think, in the bay. 
netted off or foam like foam thinged off mm. um and then for the shows and stuff they bring them in but they're quite widely accepted as being very good from a conservationist point of view they're they're pretty i think if you look at most places pretty, in australia they're pretty I think well they're up pretty, to standard yeah um and it's if anything it's just a cultural thing like you're a piece of shit if you own a zoo and you're like fucking on your animals and stuff like Ever since Uncle, the late Uncle Steve Irwin, he's he's really, I think, set the bar. So everyone's like, yeah, we're in, yeah, this, country, so. in this country, we're on the ball. Whereas, like, you look at that, that SeaWorld in the States, again, not affiliated in any way with SeaWorld in Australia. I think the difference is SeaWorld over there is one word. SeaWorld here is two world, words or something. <laughs> but, um, it yeah, it's fucked. Like, the shit they're doing over there. I guess you got to look at it from a, a contextual standpoint if you look at if you look at when zoos first rocked up you know that like it was it was part of the circus it was a it was a spectacle for people to come and see and prod at and you know see what happens when this when you know you poke an animal this way or whatever whereas now you look at it and zoos are far more about you know the actual educational thing and like you know getting funding for actual preservation of animals and wildlife and habitats and all that sort of stuff you look at things like reserves where you know it's it's not just a zoo as such but it's actually a place where the animals are kept safe sanctuary really. yeah but yeah. also allowed to develop naturally um yeah i think we the big ones that come to mind especially here on the east coast uh we've got taronga and western plains mm. they're the big ones that seem to be really proactive in terms of um trying to look after these animals but in saying all this i do struggle sometimes thinking about like those tigers that walk up and down the glass the same fucking 30 40 50 meters up and down all day like it's just not enough room for them and chimps monkeys and gorillas are the big ones for me because i'm like you guys need more room than this like they always look to be having fun but they're wanking yeah, all day, aren't they? Yeah, they don't <laughs> want shit at all the people. Yeah. The part, as you would if you're in the same yeah. place all the time. But they've got like their ropes and shit. It looks okay, but... It just can't be enough room. Yeah, exactly. That's what, what gets me. It makes sense if zoos had like visiting hours, like you had to book in a time to go. So it's like 30 minutes where the animals spent in the enclosure or something. And then like four times a day and then the rest of it they're out in like a paddock or some shit. Well, I'd like to think that there is sort of a larger paddock for when the zoo is shut sort of late afternoon to the evening for in, in a lot of zoos, but I'm not sure that that's the case. I know definitely in some, like, out in Dubbo, all that's there, Dubbo, shout out to Dubbo, absolute shithole, but your zoo is cracking. And they sort of bring them into the enclosure, lure them in a bit for for the big hours and, and whatnot. You know what worries me? Sorry, just back on SeaWorld, but SeaWorld in Australia, they have a polar bear there. And that always made me go... It's got to be a bit hot, bit hot for the big fella, like on the Gold Coast, of all places. And then you know, you know they'd make like a climate suitable for it, but no, big... it's outside and it's just got a pool. Oh, it'd be ice but it's water. Fucking though. loving it'd it. It'd be like though. a plunge pool. Oh, it fucking loves it. <laughs> it looks happy. Yeah, because they struggle polar bears. Like they struggle for food. Such hmm. a, I don't know. Like, I know it's weird to say this, but I don't get why, as a species, they haven't migrated south more than they have. Like... Well, you just got to think about how far they can get. Like, do you mean, like, from North Pole to South Pole? Because that's pretty well impossible for them. No, but I just mean, like... Catch a plane, mate. You've got airports everywhere. No, but I just mean... Oh, from... you're talking about the Bundaberg bear. No, He's, he's got mean... it sorted out. Obviously, I mean yeah, south, yeah, a bit deeper into the woods of Alaska and Canada, or yeah, or again in Russia. Russia is a bit fucking tricky for them, but honestly, they probably have a bit, and they've probably just been hunted out because that'd be like a big rarity thing, you know. If, if not, you're in the woods really in that, northern Canada, big and dangerous you see... thing. Oh yeah, out of all the bears, I think pretty sure they're the big dogs. I'm pretty sure they're worse than grizzlies. Polar bears are massive. What a, a scary fucking animal bears are. Bears are, like, crazy. And the thing about that, uh, bears is they're, like, merciless. Yeah. Like they Once they've got you, they won't 
wait till you do, like you know how like people say big play cats dead. will big cats will catch you and then kill you and then eat you bears will eat you while you're still kicking and screaming once they've sort of got you in their grasp they're just chowing down and I've heard mixed theories about the well mixed opinions in regards to the playing dead thing I can't imagine it works because whenever run. there's a carcass kicking around they go fucking feed on it it's not just salmon and berries they eat like they eat meat I always thought like if I was in a situation where a bear was attacking me and I was in a in it like the woods with where trees were plentiful i'd like get behind one and sort of like just i would never turn my back to it and try and run or i would run and like the serpentine pattern through the trees apparently they're so quick so yeah. agile they climb trees like there's no tomorrow but that's the thing they're like undercover athletes exactly <laughs> like what can you do they just say cover like hold your hands behind your neck yeah but it's I sort of weird because it, weird i reckon i'd try and cuddle one because they portrayed like Think about Winnie the Pooh, teddy bears, Yogi Bear, <laughs> fucking every sort of bear you see growing up. You go, I can make friends with you. Easy. Just try and give it a cuddle. There's that show, My Best Friend's a Bear, where someone actually raised a bear and like lives with it. Then you go, You'd have to the, try. Think about the movie Revenant. Yeah, that's true. Haven't seen it, so I'm in Not the Not a clear. lot of words in the film, but fuck, man. If, you don't, if your palms aren't sweaty through the whole film. I've got a theory, right? pretty well and like unless there's a significant speed difference and by that I mean the thing chasing you is significantly faster in a game of cat and mouse the mouse should always win Mm. because the cat is always reacting to what the mouse does and therefore slower exactly so provided you've got the stamina and the speed and you know it is a heavily wooded area or something like that you should be able to outrun the bear provided you're willing to go through as much pain as it is I've thought about this too and I just don't know if physically we're fast enough as people well yeah see that's because I that's think the bears thing. can reach like let's google like bear top speed but then surely our acceleration is a bit better than theirs just because they're behemoth yeah so and also like our direction distance but you're zigzagging yeah and as long as you're not as long as you're staying away okay, from okay so polar bears 40k's an hour which is faster than Usain that's fast but can it change direction? Like if I'm running in a straight line and all of a sudden pop a left, you know, can it do that same thing in the same time that I can? Can I pop a left? I don't know about agility. Grizzly bears can yeah. reportedly reach up to 35 miles an hour. Yeah, okay, that's... 35 quick. miles an hour. Oh, so nice. over 50, nearly 60 Ks. That's what, like 80 yachts? 80 knots? <laughs> what's that in, in metres per second? <laughs> Actually, that's a in, pretty in, easy conversion. <laughs> what's that in lamingtons per sausage rolls? <laughs> Mate, you're forgetting all about the barbecue sauce. What's, what's that, that lot is? Confused <laughs> upside down laughing. <laughs> Fuck. I re- yuck, I re- yuck, oh, sorry. Yuck. I, th- I saw the polar bear at Dubbo Zoo and my dad told me to... A Dubbo Zoo? Or wherever the fuck... Go, uh, SeaWorld? No. No, I saw a polar bear somewhere else at Azu. I've never been to SeaWorld. And <laughs> my dad, I remember, I know I saw one because my dad said there was a lady like talking about polar bears. And I was like, my dad told me to ask the lady, do they have short little tails to that sit over their bums to stop the water from going in it? I did, and she laughed, and she's like, yes. I was like, <laughs> whoa. Oh my God. Holy fuck. Okay, so this is one's from mountainnature.com and one is from um, polar bear safety facts. Both of them say, do not run. You cannot outrun a bear, so don't even try. Despite rumours on the contrary, black and grizzly bears can outrun a human on any terrain, uphill or downhill. People will tell you that you should run downhill when chased by a grizzly. Do not do it. Not a chance. I couldn't run downhill to save my life. Polar bear safety facts. Although, unfortunately, not their favourite or even apparently like they don't even enjoy to eat humans, do not try and run away from a polar bear. They can outrun a human. I always thought our like thing as predators or survivalists was the fact that we could run for a long time. Like our cardiovascular thing. We can run for a long time, but, but we can't run quick. quick. And, and the terrain is the big thing. So like if, if we're running through the woods 
and there's a tree or like mm-hmm. a, a big bush in front of us we're like oh crap I can't run through that bush Where? whereas a bear is like what like why did you take a left there you could have just gone straight like that that's not even an object like that's just that's a couple leaves a couple sticks whatever they just say try and make yourself look as big as possible I reckon I try and make myself look as small as possible so I don't even look like a meal like <laughs> <laughs> but then they eat salmon so imagine like what can you do <laughs> imagine being in a situation where you're running away from a polar bear like where would you run the you snow's just think so of like deep a, where they live too like yeah, the snow's deep and even if you're like an icy plane how do you get away from it yeah you've got nowhere safe to go unless like unless there's a solid building nearby yeah. or a vehicle then... and you couldn't even dig a hole quick enough to hide in no. the snow because they'll smell you yeah that's the thing that's a big thing with like bears too is wind direction like if you're downwind if you're Sorry, if you're upwind of a bear, upwind, yeah, yeah, downwind. Yeah, upwind. yeah no, up if you're wind, upwind yeah. of a bear, they'll fucking smell okay, you. Yeah. Like, oh no, no downwind. No, oh, yeah, no, no yeah, if yeah. You're upwind. Yeah, they will smell you. They will smell you. You want to be downwind? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we fucking got there, guys. We got there. Ah, I mean, bears are sick, but uh, shall we? Shall we move on a smidge? Yeah, a little bit. So. I didn't do any research, shocker, but I know most, or not most, but there are a select few animals that live or can live like t- 10 to 15 years longer in captivity than out in the wild. Is that a good thing necessarily or? I don't know. Like I definitely, I definitely believe it for the same reason that they reckon indoor cats live, cats live longer than outdoor cats. I think it depends on your goal. So let, let me just pose this sort of little thought to you. Like, I've heard stories of places where it's essentially just a, a game reserve. So, you know, big spenders can pay a lot of money to go and hunt, you know, something like a big tiger or a big lion or something like that. Now, most people are outraged by this sort of thing, right? But what they don't understand is... they give them blanks. No, 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 not even that. What's but so bad I think if, I know if you get a rich guy and he comes and says, all right, sick, I'll pay $100,000 to shoot a tiger. So the people on the reserve just have to make sure that that one tiger that he has to shoot or that he wants to shoot is you know, the old tiger who, who can't really run all that fast and who has actually been through his prime. He's, he's bred a bit. He can no longer... Or, or maybe it's a she. She can no longer breed at this point. You know, at this point, you're making a hundred thousand dollars that you can now spend on preservation and development and reproduction of other tigers. You know, for the sacrifice of a couple of years of this older tiger's life. I know you want to say something, Aiden, but I'm just gonna yep. quickly butt in. What Harper's just said has really made me want to kill an animal. Really made me just want to shoot. <laughs> so I want to say that it's really interesting, especially, and it's a happy coincidence that this has been brought up at this time, because at the moment, as I've said to Joel, this whole hunting thing has become a little bit of a fascination of mine. Like I've watched this, I've been watching this documentary on um, Netflix. Well, it's a sort of series, less of a documentary, I guess, um, called Meat Eater. Yeah, docuseries, essentially, but not. Um, uh, called Meat Eaters, and I highly suggest anyone just go watch just an episode, see if you like it. But um, they were talking about, I can't remember if it was this or on a JRE podcast. Um, so they have those reserves where there's not even any sport in it, right? So over in, over in spots around Africa, they have reserves where you go pay an absurd amount of money to kill a lion or a, or whatever. Now that money does actually go a lot towards the conservation spending. And it seems fucked because there's no real sport in it. Like, you've got a gun, mate, and there is a limited amount of room. Like, it's a guarantee you will win. Yeah. But one guy was able to um, pay $300,000 to kill a black rhino. Now, as we all know, rhinos are in a lot of strife in terms of sort of being endangered. Um, and their finite numbers, but it just so happens that this rhino was an old male, not reproducing anymore, and was also very aggressive and potentially killing, causing harm to other rhinos. So they wanted to put it down anyway, and this bloke came up and paid $300,000 to kill this rhino. And I go, eh? when you look at it like that, like, 
It, it They do. Annoyingly, because as shit as it is, because there doesn't seem to be much sport or much uh, competitiveness in it, the way they do it is sort of in a sustainable manner and it does help towards, you know, keeping these animals... Yeah, as, as harsh as it is to say, you have to... Like, when, when it's at this critical stage where there are, like, 30 left in the wild, you have to be looking at the, you know, what is four years on this one rhino's life when the money we get from that can almost guarantee four more rhinos. Or, you yeah. know, even if it's two more rhinos who can then reproduce. Like, it... Yeah, you... It's brutal, but you have to, you know, you've got to weigh in the costs of, which is, you know, costs of life. One or straight away from this Azu's humane thing, but I think it's been a worthwhile conversation. Yeah, for sure. It's been very interesting. Uh, Do we want to keep talking about zoos at all? Or I think zoos are one of those things where it's down to your own conscience and you sort of have to make your own decision. Like, I'm more than happy to go to at least any zoo in Australia based on the fact that I'm pretty confident, but also it sounds naive, but you don't see any of the cruelness. Like in Thailand, I probably won't go and pat a tiger or see the monkeys in some places because I don't know that it's worth it for me emotionally to see them in that really bad state. Like that'll just piss me off or whatever. But zoos, you don't really see any of the badness if there is any going on. And as shit as that sounds, like, I know that there's not much I can do unless everyone's joining in a boycott. Like, there's not much I can do that's going to stop the zoo from running. So I just think, mm. well, fuck it, I'll go and go there with the missus or whatever. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, see them while they're still there, I guess. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's it. And you can always do research into the, the zoos that you want to visit. That's see what they do outside of it. 100%. Yeah. 100% pick it's your actually, zoo. It's actually a really good place in Bali called Bald. Bali Wildlife Rescue. Yeah, right. They just like take all the injured animals that they can find, and they obviously have a housing space. But yeah, they just run off donations. Yeah, I'd good. love to meet an orangutan. Fuck, that'd be cool. Oh, I just don't like the look of them. I they're ugly, totally but they, I just look at them and I like. I see some of You're their behaviors. Yeah, and whilst they're gross, I'm like, you just look like you have the nicest heart, <laughs> like heart of gold. <laughs> You're a good kid, I'm sure. <laughs> Don't worry about what the others say. All right, next topic. Oh. Just before we do that, right? First time I saw this question, are zoos humane? It sort of, I mean, it's a little bit weird, but it got me on the thought, what if you switch around? What if you have a human zoo? And so what I mean by that... It's called life I think we might have down, talked about this in like one of our very first podcasts. I listened to a podcast on it and they had these, um, well, they had African-Americans in for white people, like in the circuses. And they oh, yeah. Treated yeah, I remember that. Like zoo things and that. Fuck, that does ring a bell. And they ended up getting rights or something and they put him out in the working space and then he got enough money, travelled back home. His mum ended up like dying or something. Yeah, so he came back, worked familiar. a bit more and then just killed himself. That's wild. Well, my question to you is, you look at... Uh, you know, the, the modern person today. And I sort of wonder, you know, how happy is this person? How fulfilled is this person's needs? You know, when this person wakes up in the morning and goes to bed at night, how are they feeling? It, you know, are they living a good life? Are they living a bad life? What's the go? If we compare the levels of all that sort of stuff that we can record to this person, let's say... I don't know, let's just say we get a random person... And from a child, we raise them in essentially a human zoo is what I'm talking about. We raise them in a very particular environment, very like, very structured to exactly fulfill all the human needs. So things like, you know, I'm, I'm talking about you, you getting your eight hours of sleep, eight hours for you, eight hours of work. Like, you know, when they wake up in the morning and go to sleep, can we develop a system where they feel essentially entirely happy all the time. Yeah, mate. It's called MDMA. <laughs> no. And they're watched. Well, yeah. Let, let, let's say we put... Like the Truman Show. Let's say we put a baby in this environment and from literally the get-go, they're raised by some form of system 
that every day not only educates and and you know provides the necessary essential things like food and water and whatnot but provides things like challenges and all sorts of stimulus essentially what i'm wondering is can we make someone happier while still maintaining and meeting all the requirements of being human or will it actually make them something different if we put them subject them to this environment i feel like that would happen to anyone well in my head your description of it just i picture they've placed in this environment and they've just got like everything they could ever ask for or like ever need or ever think of needing but they don't all they need to do is their eight hours of work each day to keep going for that so that sort of is their challenge they've just got to keep working and then after that like they get they just have access to absolutely everything and don't need to like just grind their gears to get a little taste it seems like it's there's no way for them to be uncomfortable but there's no way for them to be like over comfortable like by pleasure either yes so this just reeks of the Truman Show that's all I'm picturing in my head well my thought is if you if you don't expose someone to um like politics or anything or well not only that but you know let's say we the three of us had never seen you know, these rich people in their houses and, you know, people riding jet skis Don't and all know that what sort you're of missing. stuff. Yeah, would we be more content with what we have having never understood or so considered the fact that other people have that? The fact of are you drawing a comparison between let's look at animals that are born in the zoo? It's like Yeah. Don't know what they're missing out on. Well Or don't know how good they have it. Yeah, well that too. Don't know what it's like to be hungry. Probably yep. don't know what it's like to be full either. I guess what I'm asking is not only that, but can you quantify what it is to live a positive life? I don't think you can. I think it's all perspective. Subjective. And... Yeah. All right. Well, here's another question for you. Can you live a more positive life never having bad experiences? I'm going to say no. And I base it on the fact of like, there's this thought that's of high level versus low level fun. Yeah. How do you distinguish them both if you've never? It's like high level fun. Low level fun is something like a roller coaster. Like you hop on the roller coaster, like, yeah, this is fucking awesome. And then you hop off. Then you kind of never talk about it. High level fun is when, and like we've been through this, the three of us ourselves, go through just fucking shit experiences. Like, Let's say it's just like Kayama is a perfect example. <laughs> Kayama, like we just got drunk in this in the town of Kayama, guys. It's a coastal town, and like there was just nothing doing. There was meant to be this jazz festival on that pretty much closed up pretty early, and then we just slept in like Joel or Thomas's vans, like in, in a park next to the camp. Park next to the camp. Yeah, <laughs> that's the best bit. Like it was fucking awful. I actually look, look back and think it was we, a great the thing, time. That, but that's the thing. That's what makes it high level fun. Things that are miserable while you do while you do them, and then you look back on them and go, "That was a pretty fucking good time." <laughs> like, and I think if you're not subjected to those shit experiences, you'll make them out. You either make those out of experiences that other people consider to be good. I almost think it's impossible, actually. I think it's impossible because I think it's impossible to find like let's say someone's doing the same task every day they're going to eventually hate it if someone's doing two tasks every day there's inevitably going to be one they like more than the other like it's it's impossible it's a it's an odd it's a cool phenomenon but it's sort of hard to yeah so what you're saying as far as I'm understanding it is you have to have the negative to appreciate the positive. Yeah, right. Okay. So what if... you if, don't fucking go through the shit, I don't know that it's worth it at the end. What if every single day there was a slightly new challenge that was slightly harder, easy, like still... still Attainable. Yeah, still at- attainable, but each day you have to work that slight little bit harder. Can you still achieve that level of joy? 
No. Can you know? Can no. you still achieve that level? Because Some days if every just... day is harder, then you look back on those other days like, sweet, that was easy. Yeah. Like you get burnt out, and then you're like, fuck, I would just wish I had a day or two. Just, it's, it's impossible. It's got to come down with two emotions or something. Like, I reckon we raise enough money to get an actual person, to and we it. start doing science but guys. <laughs> for every view this podcast gets. <laughs> <laughs> We'll, we'll donate one baby to size. <laughs> Here's the thing, right? I reckon it's, in a weird way, a scientist's dream. Like, think about medication. We work on mice, but imagine if they go, fuck. Imagine being able to work on people and know the actual effects straight away. Oh, yeah. Imagine like if we had be... a people farm. Oh. Like, just for that. Have you guys seen the island? No, but it. I actually just picture the Matrix and just picking people off. Yeah, well, pretty like, much. Like, just have everyone in this big simulation. Then when you need someone, go, go, yeah, go really grab good. one off the tree. <laughs> really got to watch The Matrix, don't I? Um, it's actually a pretty good movie. It's it's a cool, it's a very cool idea. The only I think you'd I, really like it, actually. The only reason I haven't watched it is because I can't be fucked to Google which one comes first. The Matrix. <laughs> and then it's The Matrix Reloaded. <laughs> and then Revolutions. Yeah. Revolutions, okay. There we go. Didn't even need to Google I, I think it. I think it's purple, green, slightly greener. Okay. If you're looking at the cases, maybe. Right. I thought they were all green. Fuck. Let's get back to topic. <laughs> okay. That was crazy. All I'm going to say though is, wouldn't it be good if we could get like one person and do the Jungle Book and raise them with wolves, and one person and like raise them with bear cubs? Like, I just love to see what happens. I'd love to see what would happen if someone wasn't subject to all our education, and if evolution has brought them to a point where we could quite comfortably survive. Like, what if we just got four four babies oh let's make them sort of to- you'd have to raise them with chimps you have to raise the first lot with chimps and then strip them away once they're adults and ready to reproduce and then have them form their own little tribe and just actually watch evolution happen again that'd just crazy. be cool fucking cool to see it, like, like hypothetical it's I'm not talking about using real people just Harper-like people. Oh, dog. <laughs> we Harpers are a proud bunch. De-extinction. I love the idea of this. I think it's great. I think it's the greater thinking that something's lost forever and then us being able to bring it back. It's like we're playing God. God, it feels good. I'm not even the one but doing it, but it feels fucking wild. But the thing was, we're sort of playing God by killing them off in the first place. Oh, without a doubt. And at the very least, like... Angels, just having fun with it. Oh, look at this one, stab. Oh, whoops. Here's the thing: the environment will always adapt. So there was this Australian biologist that, again, listened to his episode on JRE. Thought it was fucking awesome. He was describing how, uh, let's say, an animal's extinct, and it fucks up that ecosystem for a little bit. In a few x amount, like a hundred years, like a few hundred years, or however long that environment's going to re-adapt and it'll be okay. It'll balance itself out. One day nature will do that with us. Get rid of humans and it'll be happy again. If, let's say, an animal's extinct and then 30, 40, 50 years later, whatever, we then bring it back, it's not so problematic. It's not problematic for that ecosystem because it hasn't really adjusted back again to not having it. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, you're saying it's cool for us to do. the perfect example. The th- like the ta- uh, Tasmanian tiger, the thylacine. If we brought them back, it's not so it far out. It's not so far out that yep. it would now fuck up Tasmania because it hasn't been so long since they've been gone. If you believe they're fully gone, it, it's so much bush out there. I can almost believe it. I so want to believe it. It would be good, like a big dog, but it's see. got a pouch. Fucking cool, cool animal. I, I sort of had a similar note. It'd be sick. Like, it, it's an absolutely awesome idea, but it's only good if we can sustain it. Mm. And if, if we're talking about things like... Mammoth. Well, obviously, the, the thylacine is a good example for what you just said. But if we're talking about things like dinosaurs or, you know, anything after a long, long period of time, that's talking about creating whole new ecosystems. Like... You know, we're talking entire habitats where a dinosaur can actually thrive because it's got, you know, the plants that it needs and, you know, 
the prey and predator that it needs to sustain that ecosystem. Which, again, it would probably eventually balance out, but yeah. I look at it like... You guys familiar with Flash Time? I'm going to have to explain it for the podcast anyway, but the Flash in the DC Comics goes back in time, fucked everything up, so then he went back in time again and tried to fix it up. So things were fixed, but not completely fixed, and still sort of fucked, and then he went, oh, fuck, I just have to live with it. I look at it like humans kill off an animal, and we're like, oh, that's fucked. We should go back and try and, like, we should try and bring it back. But then we might end up making things worse, and we should just live with the fact that, unfortunately, we've killed off this animal, but keep it going. But I do want mammoths back. But I watched a doco on SBS a few years ago and I think they sort of lost their shot like they had the DNA and then they were trying to get it into this like the last suitable elephant which was in Indonesia and I just don't think it it took to or or would work um yeah something with it genetically just meant it's a no-go so I don't know if mammoths are gonna be a thing which is unfortunate because I'm a big fan but um, mammoths are like significantly bigger than elephants aren't they yeah, they are, but I don't know that the difference was that big at birth, and they would yeah. probably be able to surgically yeah. do something. Like, I don't know what the exact process was going to be. It was probably just get it up to a certain stage and then grow the rest of it somewhere else. Yeah, but, get, um, get something that has mammoth DNA out there, and let's see what happens next. Because they found this mammoth DNA like perfectly preserved in Siberia somewhere. And I was like, yeah, that does sound familiar. Like, I was like, that's fucking awesome. Imagine bringing mammoths back and Close. imagine bringing mammoths back and putting them in the same habitat as polar bears. I can't say polar bears doing too well. I feel like if we brought any dinosaur back and like let them roam free in a habitat, there might be other animals that go extinct. Yeah, yeah, that like that's exactly 100%. what we were talking about just before. Like that, yeah, that's the risk of doing this sort of thing. Hundred percent, and I, but you know what? I really want to see how stuff like a a croc squares up. Yeah, imagine T Rexes roaming around and just like tripping over power lines. Yeah, the problems that oh. would we. I think if like there was enough of them and out out roaming free, we might end up like moving into like small colonies again. I think the thought was. Um, I think the thing the thing around de- de- extinction is much more realistic like i don't think anyone's thinking about bringing back dinosaurs because we don't even know what they look like really yeah like we have a fair idea but like is it not generally accepted accepted a meteorite took them out that one wasn't on us so we're like, ah fuck you guys we'll try <laughs> yeah, again. this is meant to have yeah. happened the, the space um, said yes sir. yeah um, it doesn't uh, it's more it's more one. like they find a turtle and it's the last turtle so then they put it into a similar turtle or tortoise or whatever and try and r- bring back these animals that are getting killed recently by, by plastic straws and whatnot. Like, <laughs> yeah, how far off are we from de-extinction if we can make chicken meat from just the DNA of a chicken? How far off are we from de-extinction? I don't know if there's any... Ex- I'm sure there's an example where this has actually happened. Did Was it was it us that was talking about eating the same chicken? I, no, I don't think... Right. Culture chicken? No. So the thought is, right, we get to a stage where we can pretty well clone animals. We cloned so, sheep once. And so we no longer like breed... We, we no longer mass breed chicken, let's say. And there is a, like, you know, there's huge amounts of chickens bred for, you know, every everyday consumption and all that sort of thing. Let's say we can now clone chickens so we don't need to breed them. What happens to the variance in the actual meat that we're consuming? So if you just keep cloning this one chicken and everybody is now eating just, let, let's call it chicken A, we're now no longer getting any of the the varying substances varying chemical makes yeah genes vitamins minerals all all the sorts of things that make up chicken a is different to chicken b i don't know that it'll be a massive problem i don't i don't know that chickens or even any animal like i don't know that the genetic makeup 
varies that differently for us from a nutritional standpoint. The way I, I do view it, and I could be so fucking wrong on this, like I am pulling this out of my ass, but like a photocopy or like cutting keys, like the first one you copy or cut is like pretty bang on and then you do it the next one and it's a little bit different and the next one and it's a little bit worse and micro a little bit differences worse, and micro differences to the point where chicken a now and chicken a in a year or two could look whoa fucking different yeah but so in saying we're that we're, but in saying that that's photocopying that's not cloning cloning literally meaning the same fucking thing yeah in that case, may may or may not be a problem. Like, it's not less of a bird. It's the same fucking... It's a full fucking chicken. The question just is, is it a problem for me to have the exact same chicken in every meal that I have chicken? You know, chicken that I have at home, the chicken breast, chicken thigh, chicken that I get on a burger at KFC, Macca's. You, you might know. be missing out on some, like, bacteria that could be good or bad for you. Yeah, that's exactly. See, I just feel like, look, if we did it for everything, it would be a problem. We it we would be a problem. But the fact is, if we did it for one animal, like we never get all our nutrients from just one source. Yeah. So I don't see it being an issue in that regard. Have you heard of the like airitarians or whatever, like people who just breathe air for like, like concentrate and like meditate for like twelve hours a day and they don't eat. 12 hours a day isn't that long. To meditate. Oh, to meditate, yeah, but to not eat 12 hours isn't that long. But, like, no, they don't eat anything at all, supposedly. They just drink water. Don't eat ever. Yeah, well, apparently. That's wild. And I think pretty sure the science says they last about a week. Or, sorry, like two weeks. Yeah, I don't I don't know how well that works. I'm not trying to shit on you here. I just can't imagine. No, just shit like... uh, I just can't imagine it works. Hippie sort of. Um, it, yeah it'd have to be like oh we don't eat for like two weeks and then they would have to eat like medically mm. either either that or die a few sesame seeds shall we um, shall we look into the realm of selective breeding yes. next let's topic. do it we've been doing it forever oh yeah exactly dogs think a sausage dog just fucking happened fucking no <laughs> yeah, you think that thing has a purpose outside of like a household environment <laughs> Not a yeah. no natural situation bred that as a good idea yeah, I'll tell you what they're good for stopping the breeze coming out from under a door <laughs> yeah. that is imagine, it. and can't... even then they're, that's only when they're laying down yeah. I can't imagine a chihuahua being just out of nature yeah. a rodent fucked a dog and there you go <laughs> like dog fucked a rodent actually now we're either way Chihuahuas might be a wild animal. <laughs> now I think about it. Um, They're actually just distant relatives of the guinea pig. Yeah. We've been, we're big on it with cattle as humans too. So we do it for cattles to... Like, have you seen those like cows slash bulls that are just buff as fuck? They do them for meat, I think. But then at the same time, I don't know how well it comes off. They're just like... They they're big on it for bull riding, bull riding. They love it. Like they'll get this, this cow and this bull oh, that they know is good for it. It's and, the same with horses. Like yeah, horse horse racing, horse yeah. breeding. Like we've been doing it forever, but I think we're taking it to the extreme in some regards for agriculture. Do you think athletes sell their sperm, or some have tried? Surely there are people out there looking for like LeBron James semen to make a new basketball star I don't know if they do humans selectively breed we have a thing um, like genetically where yeah like from a biological standpoint we we look for people like that will create the strongest offspring with us I don't know how like strong we always hold up to it but I know some people are just like yeah I'm I want to sleep with like an Islander so then I just produce like the ultimate fucking footballer or athlete or yeah, they're called like Bogans survivor no but you know what I mean though like even like even just look back at some of some ancient human culture you look at people actually it's really prevalent sorry prevalent in um, 
both Greek and Pacific Island culture, any babies that were deformed or, you know, threatened the sort of well-being of the group were discarded at birth. So you look at things like Greek Spartans and actually a lot of people in the Greeks, if a baby looked unhealthy at birth, it was just discarded. Like it wasn't worth having around. And similarly, if you look at the Pacific Islanders, if a baby looked small and weak and sickly, it was tossed aside and left. And that's how you end up with these, you know, you, you look at a lot of people in the Pacific Islands, naturally they're big people. It's, it's survivors. And I hear some people just go, it's because they ate all that taro. And I think it does help. Oh, it definitely helps. But the thing is, their bodies are naturally developed to handle that taro and develop it into who they become. Yeah, 100%. And I think there's even, look, this is going a little bit off the topic here, but when you think about some tribes, they'd be respectful and all the rest of it. And then when someone was getting elderly and a bit of a hindrance to the tribe, they'd also knock them off quietly as well. Smart. I'd believe Smart. it. Like, this is pretty much our zombie apocalypse situation <laughs> yeah it is and we said like Aiden said sorry mum like I could probably wash me fucking clothes down in the creek there's not much good there <laughs> dog cunt we don't need to bring that up again <laughs> How, what was her reaction to that did she listen to that bit didn't listen to it classic I'll probably throw enough truth bombs around at home <laughs> <laughs> might shoot her a message to listen to it yeah but selective breeding how, how do we think about it ethically like what do we think about breeding dogs to the point where they're basically born a vet's dream? Like, like they grow yeah, up. No, I, French yeah. bulldog, vet sees one in town, licks their fucking lips. Like, oh, here comes the money. <laughs> Deformed at birth. <laughs> they can't breed naturally. They they can't fit. I know people like have crossbred like a German. No, don't ever touch me. Don't touch me. Yeah, you've been, you're going to be quiet this episode, uh, I reckon. Well, I've been pretty far away. Crossbred like German Shepherd and Corgi or something. Yeah, I've seen a couple of them. Might be cute, but the back problems. Oh. Fuck, could you imagine? Can you balance hip dysplasia with like middle back problems? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> spine just goes like that. Fuck. <laughs> Joel made the form of a snake. Yeah. Scoliosis. I don't think I agree with it as much with dogs purely because I like dogs and I think they're cute. They crossbred cats or mice. I wouldn't give a fuck. Even for cattle, it seems a bit harsh. But I don't. I don't mind it in terms of like for producing meat. Like you get the buffers to this and the buffers to that, and then you can like as a farmer, you can sell like eventually you'd be able to sell so much more steak. And I I prefer that to like something that's injected with hormones something that just is semi-naturally quite just fucking buff, you know? I think the way it's been done so far is quite irresponsible, actually. So, you know, you look at cows in particular, they've been bred to be big and fat and, you know, produce a lot of meat. Mm-hmm. No? Not necessarily fat. Well, yeah, no, not necessarily fat, but, you know, like... and tan. Voluptuous, but... and there's a lot of meat to them. Whereas I think... And don't get me wrong, this isn't necessarily an easy process. But what if we were able to selectively breed them to a point where they can produce a lot of meat and have, you know, less environmental impact? What if, what if we can selectively breed a cow that somehow is able to eat slightly less and still produce just as much mass? Well, I think that's a great point because a big thing with cows is the amount of methane they produce. Well, methane they, they produce and also the up. land it takes to own one. You, you know, yeah. you think about the square meterage that you have to have to have a cow. Yeah, how I much? Mean, it's thing about cows, though. They've got four stomachs. Like, surely they absorb most of what they eat. I don't know how much more efficient we can make a cow. Yeah, like how well, much grass does a cow eat? intestine, mostly in the small intestine for humans. But the fact is, I think they haven't, you know, they've only been bred to produce mass amounts of meat they've not been bred for efficiency of production of meat which is where it should have started you know obviously thousands of years ago but in saying that it's well it's sort of the same thing really when you think about it like you get one very very large cow or two medium to smaller sized cows 
probably eating a similar amount. You'd assume that the larger cow is almost more efficient just by happy coincidence, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, but what I'm saying is like, if instead... Could have been done better. I'm not disagreeing yeah, with you there. Yeah. It's just... Great, yeah, like, as I'm saying, it's not... I'm not saying this is an easy process. I'm not saying this sort of thing is even possible, but it's definitely something that we should look into and I actually think should have possible. been thought about earlier. I think it's possible when we start looking to our next topic, which is genetic modification. And did we want to roll into that? Yeah, well, I mean, that goes hand in hand with... What we're, what we're talking yeah, that's, about. That's just agricultural selective plantations. Because there was only one thing I was able to find, which is um, the one example of genetic modification is the Enviro pig, which is trademarked. Oh, pardon me. And through genetic engineering, the animal emits 30 to 60% less phosphorus than traditional pigs fed the same conventional diet. Not really sure what other stuff there is, if I'm honest, besides that. Um, I'm sure there's fish and rabbits and shit that glow. I'm sure people would have done that for shits and gigs, but other than that, I've got no idea other than luminous luminous animals. I um, think you can just look quite majorly at produce. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's really way more prevalent, I think, with um, at least that we hear about with with produce and well it's just like, easier you look at you look yeah, at how long it takes to breed and change a generation of a cow oh god yeah whereas you can run three generations of corn in one mm. year you know like it's it's not a hard process in that what's the thing they've got going on in africa where they genetically modified maize a, yeah to be like didn't catch some sort of disease or was like something better like i know it was like a big deal really helped I think they've definitely been modified modifying them to rely on less water mm. um, but I mean they're doing that with pretty well everything these days because yeah as we've said water's running out at least in this country <laughs> I know for a fact that pigs like your regular farm pigs once they're like let into the wild within like three months or so they'll turn into boars like they'll grow tusks their skin will change from the pink to like a brown stuff is that because we've genetically modified pigs or is that because we've sort of bred them into a I think we've environment where they don't need like the I think we've probably bred them into an environment yeah, I, don't that's think we've made, I don't think we've genetically modified them like Carrots for those work. that aren't for those that aren't familiar because um, I guess this uh, podcast has sort of taken on the assumption that a lot of people just sort of know what these topics are which aren't really everyday household chit chat uh, bits and pieces so selective breeding seems fairly self-explanatory but that's just picking two animals let's say you pick the smallest dog and the smallest dog you breed them together you get another small dog continue that process till you get the smallest small the smallest dog uh cows buff cow buff cow breed them together that's selective breeding genetic modification is actually adjusting the genetic makeup or yeah. adding the uh, changing the chemical structure or DNA or whatever it might happen to be or however you want to phrase it of an organism um, and they they fucking love it with plants if you're talking about like genetic modification of this. project we've uh, talked produce. about this yeah I think we have a bit but Definitely sort of it was it. in a silly way it was when we were talking about food and we're like what if we could make a melon <laughs> but the outside tasted like the inside like that sort of shit I think when you're talking about genetic modification, you really need to look at the purpose. So I, you you look at things like the well, just just the produce industry. They're genetically modifying these things to look good and to have good, you know, shelf life and that sort of thing. Whereas I would much sooner see a banana that looks like rubbish, like it, you know, it, it's got brown bits, it it looks trash but it's actually somewhat healthier. You know, it, it's got a higher sugar content or it's got a lower sugar content depending on what you want. You know, like, I think we really need to look at why we're doing these things as opposed to, well, not as opposed to anything, but yeah, we, we need to have a good purpose for doing it as opposed to just making money. It should be, you know, let's breed a crop of apples that, I don't know, has... Uh, I don't know, let's just let's just say a higher sugar content. Let's let's say that that's our goal, because 
apples recently have been lacking in sweetness or you know people need a, a little bit more sugar in their diet or something like that we should be moving for that sort of model as opposed to you know having the mindset that that apple looks bad therefore i'm not going to buy it yeah i think i feel like we've been at that mindset for a little bit in terms of like some of the real pioneers in this look at it like uh mostly for disease resistant agriculture yeah and look if that's that's a reasonable cop needle resistant strawberry <laughs> i'm gonna peel your strawberry yuck i mean you gotta take the top off but that's pretty easy or you don't have to. But the thing is, you cut it in half and you still wouldn't fucking know. Yeah, it's it could be. Wild. Yeah. It could be anywhere in that strawberry. Everything you eat has to be a puree from now on. Yeah. What if they did it diagonally? So instead, like, let's say you cut it into little slices, which is a gross way to eat a strawberry, but you get that. Really? Be Depends how you eat, it? Banana split. Have you seen, oh, you're saying like when you slice a straw, like you cut the, the green bit off. And then you slice a strawberry, but not all the way through. And then you like fold it out and it comes like a fan strawberry. That's yeah. fancy stuff. That is schnazzy. I've never heard of that ever. I'm pretty sure we did it. I've never heard of that ever. Hospitality. That sounds schnazzy. Um, Surely. I'm pretty happy with this as an episode. As am I. Yeah, I reckon it's been good. Uh, guys, that was episode 20. Really do hope you enjoyed. Um, we've got a couple little... Well, you hopefully would have seen last in the last week our our post for the farmers uh this is recorded just after that's been posted so we don't know how much we've raised yet but hopefully we've got a little bit of money moving we've also got a couple other little charitable charitable things actually let's cut that let's cut that i don't want to talk about that <laughs> we'll do that next week yeah. episode 20 20 really whole episodes guys. we've been doing this for Crazy. It's 20 wild. That's awesome. Me. When and did we start this? What it's... month was it? And we haven't filmed one thing. Uh, well, 20 we... weeks back. So. Five Eight months ago. ago. Oh, actually, it it's probably like it's probably like 21 weeks back. May. Yeah. Probably April. April, April May. May. I'm pretty I've sure it was really... in the month of Harper's birthday. So. I'm not going to lie. I've enjoyed it. And it doesn't even like. It doesn't ever feel... I don't know about you guys, and I hope it doesn't feel Never feels guys, like a chore. Never yeah. feels like a chore for me. Like, I'm always excited. I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. Recording tonight? Not oh, after all. Fuck, fuck, I'm sweaty. Oh, after to today, I was like, oh, fuck. Well, well, it doesn't was, have air conditioning. Today was more of a... Fuck, I wish I could swing my home first. But, you really, um, like, you would have had time. Oh, maybe. Yeah, actually, well, I'll drive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just like it as a chance to think about something different. I, oh, I, I spend like 16 hours a day thinking about work you know the two hours I wake up you know wake up getting ready for work at work at work late come home think about what I gotta do tomorrow this is just a good chance sort to of think about something expanding your else. mind a little bit and yeah sort of a bit of a release and we sit here and chat and try to learn some things <laughs> <laughs> I just get free beers out of it <laughs> couple of bevs couple of boys um it's good and I'm look here's the thing I know all the content Joel and I talked about this a little bit in regards to the pie trip it it will happen and I have no doubt it will happen because the podcast ended up happening as long as we procrastinated about it like it did happen <laughs> and it's more just a fact of like we all got full time jobs yeah, we're everyone's... just as busy as everyone listening to this oh, probably if not, busier yeah, if, if I'm honest like, two of us have two, two jobs, jobs like... both of it, like, all three of us study and go to a full time job with plenty of overtime like oh, I don't do much OT <laughs> yeah well, but you know, it's, it's, flexy, job, bro. it's called flex yeah, <laughs> I've got a bit of flex time built up actually today I was like oh fuck it I'll use half <laughs> pack her up early um yeah, that's it. <laughs> Episode twenty. <laughs> Fuck it. Hope you enjoy it. Hey, hope you guys just learned a, it a thing or two. Just a big thanks to anyone who actually does consistently listen, or 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 even if you don't consistently listen, just just giving us a couple. Big thanks to anyone that listens. I think in the next week, this is a big thing that I will actually post. Well, post about in the next few weeks, we're gonna start really hammering down hard on trying to get you guys to write in for little things for us to talk about. So this was an idea of Joel's was any sort of relationship questions you might have, we might throw them in. Because we're the experts on that sort that's of thing. That's exactly why I want to talk about it because we pretty much have no right talking about it, but 
And, but you know what? You're all we are uh, we guide people to a treasure that we can't possess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, it's like the eight hours balance thing. <laughs> Sorry to aid business. <laughs> <laughs> Love you. Te- um, Tegan sent us a message today. We've mentioned Tegan on the cast before, but yeah, she was like, "Oh yeah, like the eight hours sleep, eight hours work, eight hours for yourself. That's a that's a bloody dream." And we were like, yeah, yeah, that is definitely a dream that we have, but uh, cannot achieve for ourselves. I don't know how she doesn't have that. Surely study counts as the eight hours for yourself. Oh, 100%. Uh, in part, study's hard sometimes. Yeah, oh, I do not feel smart enough. Oh, jeez, sorry, mate. You're dumb as fuck. <laughs> You're right, though. Don't just study if you don't do anything hard, mate. <laughs> never try, never fail. Alright, fucking hell. (laughs) Alright, let's wrap her up. See ya, fuckers. Way off central, guys. That was a Titan Cast episode.